The uh, text for the uh, sermon is a short one. Uh, if you've been on good here uh, at the Good Friday service, you've heard this uh, before. It's one of my favorite sermons, and so I'm going to preach it. And uh, it's uh, I thirst in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, though race, nationality, wealth, poverty. Time, space, and sex divide the church. Uh, even so, her members have uh, in common bodies of flesh uh, formed from the same earthy clay. And we look to a shared destiny in which our mutable bodies will be changed like our Lord's own resurrected body. Resurrected, uh, glorified bodies, yes. Uh, but not generic uh, human bodies in which our fleshed-out realities of this present life have been erased. That wouldn't be heaven at all. Swedes uh, will not become Jews uh, in the kingdom of God. Female will not become male. Uh, rather, our specificity, uh, our quiddity, uh, even one's oddness will rise to new and sublime levels of oddness and unimagined meaning and value in God's kingdom. He loves our weirdness, uh, not our white bread conformity. Uh, the church is a body, a bride, not a herd. And if we could see how at this point, uh, he intends to perfect all of our weirdness and our strangeness. Uh, it probably embarrasses us. Grace perfects nature. Grace does not destroy nature. And it doesn't erase. Jesus was nailed to the cross around 9 in the morning. About noon... He implored someone in that crowd to have mercy and give him a drink. I thirst, he said. Now, one of the crucifers fashioned a, a vinegar-soaked sponge on the tip of a spear and put it to his lips. We worship a God, a God of flesh, a God who has experienced the same passions and physical needs as the rest of the human family. A few months before this uh, noonday experience on the cross, uh, he was traveling through Samaria, uh, and he was worn out, and he was hungry. His disciples went into uh, a village close by uh, to find food, and he sat down on a spot of ground uh, close to a well. turns out to be Jacob's well. You know this story. You've heard this story most of your life. The story of the woman at the well. Jesus was thirsty, but he had no rope and no pail to draw the water. That was around noon, in fact. And Jesus was alone. And then this woman from the village came to draw water. Now this is a weird time of day. 
to be coming to draw water. You do that in the mornings. Uh, in all likelihood, uh, that was her uh, way of drawing water, was to come at noon uh, in order to avoid the other women of the village. As I say, you know this story and you know why that is the case. Because respectable, well brought up folk did not want to be around this woman. No one wanted anything to do with her, except of course those who wanted to use her. And that much she had learned in life. People use people as a means to an end. And she knew what it was like to be used, and she had lived long enough uh, to come to the conclusion that she'd better use you before you use her. That's her way of life. Read the story. Uh, she was surprised by this stranger. For a lot of reasons, he was a Jew talking to her. That was a big one right there. But look at him. Note his posture. Jesus is resting on the ground next to the well. He's likely leaning up against the well. And she's standing over him. He looks up to her. Uh, and he said... I thirst, in a manner of speaking. Give me a drink of water. Well, she began arguing with him. It's a wonderful argument. You, you really should go home and read this argument. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, she's playful, uh, familiar, uh, and she's skillful. In fact, I think she's flirting with Jesus. She tries to argue about God, but Jesus wouldn't argue back. Instead, he made promises. Now, she'd heard promises from men before. Promises made her suspicious. But here he is, this stranger, making a very big promise, living water. She shot back. You can't even get regular water from the well. How are you going to give me living water? He told her uh, that if she would just ask him, then God Almighty would fill her life with true, permanent happiness. Now, for some reason, that struck a chord. Uh... And in a flash, she says, I know that the Messiah is coming. And when he does, he will make everything right. And then Jesus says, oh, I who speak to you am he. That's exactly what he says. I who speak to you am he. Now, I don't know. I mean, it's unambiguous. Uh, He's not hiding uh, out uh, with that. He's very clear. I am he. I don't know of any other place in the New Testament where Jesus declares his messianic identity so straightforwardly to anyone else. I was thinking about it this week. The man who was born blind, he does find him uh, in, in, the, uh, uh, in the temple la later on, but 
and he, and he identifies himself as the Son of God, but not as the Messiah. Here he's defining, defining himself very clearly uh, as the Messianic, uh, the, the, the Messiah of the Jewish people. Well, she believed him. Uh, and she became so excited that she dropped her pail, and she ran into the village uh, to tell them about Jesus. And then the village flocked out, for some reason, uh, to Jesus, and according to, to the text, uh, uh, most of that village was converted to Jesus that day, and then he stayed with them for three days. You know, something I don't have written here, but I'll say this real quickly. This is, his disciples were upset when they came back and they saw him talking to her. One reason is because it's a familiar thing to do. But the other thing is because that's a cameo from the Old Testament. What is a cameo? All of the patriarchs find their wives where? By the well. All of them. The big names find their wives at a well. And when his disciples saw that, they put two and two together. And they said, this could be trouble. They didn't understand. But it is a truth. Because this woman represents clearly is his wife. The bride of Christ. Holy Mother Church uh, knows Jesus to be true God and true man. True man who was worn out from his journey, resting against the well. True man who knew hunger. True man who asked a woman for a drink of water. True man weeping at his best friend's grave. True man knowing more about human pain and sorrow than any of us ever will. He was spent and he was nailed to a rough cross and he died. So God cannot die. But the church proclaims that this God, the God of the universe, the creator God himself, stooped to become one of us. And in his true humanity, he died upon the cross. At the, very, at the permanent center of the life of the bride of Christ is her husband. God from God, true God, made flesh who was crucified for her. Nothing says it more beautifully to me than St. Thomas's hymn that we opened with. Thirty years he dwelt among us, his appointed time fulfilled. Born for this, he met his passion. This the Savior freely willed. On the cross the Lamb was lifted, where his precious blood was spilled. Faithful cross, listen to this. Faithful cross, above all others, one and only noble tree. None in foliage, none in blossom, none in fruit thy peer may be. Sweetest wood and sweetest iron, sweetest weight is hung on thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.